0: Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Um, an absolute honour to be here. I know that everyone says that, don't they, when they stand up to speak? or most people do. But um, yeah, just as we were worshipping, I just thought, I have a lot of history with this place. Um, and I'm not gonna, I am not going to i have not have time. I've been told there's a clock and it's ticking. Look, it's on, it's green. When it goes red, I blow up, or something happens. (laughs) And it's already saying 24 minutes, and this is my daughter, Kezia, sitting over here. She said to me, "Mum, you always go on too long. There's no way you'll survive that. Um, So I don't have time to tell you my history with this place, but I just want to, today, right now, just allow me to give thanks to God. And and honor not not only sort of biological history, but you know, the family of God, wow. And um, men and women that have led and been here have influenced my life greatly and I'm grateful for them, I guess you are too, right? Let's always be grateful, let's always live in that place of honouring. God is out of time. I'm already off my sermon. <laughs> <laughs> He's out of time, but and there's some, I don't understand it. There's theologians in this room that get it way more than I do, but I just increasingly live with this sense of God's timelessness. We're so consumed with the here and now. But, but, you know, oh, what, what, what was the writer to the Hebrews talking about with this great crowd of witnesses? What was that all about? There's something about the here and the now, the what we don't yet see, but one day we will see, and just the blend of what God is doing. Does anyone understand what I'm trying to say? I'm not using the right words, but I'm just expressing something in my heart this morning. So, God, I thank you. I thank you for what has been, for what is, for what will be, and I thank you. We have the privilege of, of just saying yes to you. It's never been about us. It's always about you. And so, Lord Jesus, in this place, I just want to stand and honor and thank you for those that have been, those that are yet to be. And I thank you for the moment we have now to say yes to you. And we do it gladly because, Jesus, you've won our hearts. We love you, Jesus. We love you. I'm so grateful we sang that song. That was amen, by the way, sorry. I'm so grateful we sang that song, um, the greatest of all romance. There's a dance that you can enter into from heaven. I don't know what your dance looks like down here. It might feel pretty rough. Maybe you're feeling some lack this morning. I want to tell you there's a dance that you can enter into with heaven that's more real than any dance you'll find down here. So, Father, help us to understand that. Let's turn to the book of Acts. And, um, and I want to just read a few verses. Um, so let's, let's go for this right now. Luke writes this book, and um, this is what he says. In my first book, I told you about everything that Jesus began to do. Acts chapter 1, I'm reading from the beginning. Everything that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. What a great verse. Come on, somebody say amen. Has he proved to you many times that he's actually alive? He has to me, many times. We do well to talk about that, by the way. Let's remind ourselves of what he's proved to us. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John, baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Don't you just love the fact that the Bible just constantly reveals the humanity of everyone? I'm so glad about that. You know? So what are the disciples doing here? They're just doing what you and I do. Seeing from a human perspective. Is it time yet? Are we nearly there yet? Is it going to be done the way we think it's going to be done? Verse 7, he replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They're not for you to know. Jesus hasn't told you something. It's okay. If he hasn't told you something, I know we argue with him about that. But if he hasn't told you something, there's a reason All right. And you can trust him. So when he says, it's not for you to know, that's hard, isn't it? Yeah, thank you for your honesty. It's super hard. I could take two hours this morning to tell you different parts of my story, and we could all do the same. I'm no different to you, you're no different to me. Jesus never said it would be easy down here. Um, And and one of the hardest things is when we come to God and say, but why? And um, and sometimes heaven's silent, right? Hardest thing, hardest thing. And, And just as we read that verse, Jesus just says, it's not for you to know. Not now. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us to trust you. Because I can tell you this right now, as certain as Hannah stood up here and read those great verses, and she used the word with confidence, this is the certainty we have. He is good. So if he hasn't told you, there is a reason. And you might not know it this side of your eyes being fully opened into eternity. But I want to tell you whatever thoughts are going through your head right now, he is good. And if you're in a place right now where you are finding that hard to say, that's okay. I was there six years ago. Couldn't quite say the words, you're good. God still loved me. He still walked with me. I still walked with him. We were just in a bit of a darker place, but that, that's okay. In fact, sometimes I think he's revealed more in those places. Anyone hearing me? I haven't even started my sermon yet, Hannah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do this all the time. I read the scripture. Is anyone else? I, I'm, or what I'm doing now is what I do at home. I read the scripture and I just get a pause. And I just want to hover on that, Yeah. So all I'm doing is it's as if we're just sitting in my lounge together and I'm just that's all I'm doing none of this is I haven't planned any of it but just let's pause on some of these scriptures where did I get to verse 8 but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in jerusalem throughout judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth after saying all of this wow i mean that was quite a lot right <laughs> he was taken up in a cloud while they were watching. They could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white robed men suddenly stood among them. Oh, what a wonderful sight, these angelic beings. Men of Galilee, they said. Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday. Oh, come on, someone say someday. (laughs) don't know about you, but I'm living for the someday. Someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Now let's just jump down to Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, did you know it's Pentecost Sunday? did you know that? On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Oh, say that with me, will you? Together Together in one place. We've had that ripped from us, haven't we? a couple of years what a joy that we're together again don't neglect it don't neglect it don't neglect it i don't know you still streaming are there people at home watching get here <laughs> <laughs> they were together in it actually matters not sarah's words like it matters There's seasons and times, I get all that. It matters. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Oh, God. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared, settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. I have 16 minutes left. Father, would you help me, I pray, as I just share (laughs) a few words. I don't know how many of you go to the theatre, um, you know, what, what a l- luxury, a lovely thing that is. That definitely would be my favourite thing. If you said to me, Sarah, what's your favourite thing? Day off, holiday, it'd be going to the theatre. Um, but here's the thing. Every time I've been to the theatre, I've had the cheapest seats going. Um, so, you know, just like, if you want to feel sorry for me, that's great. Please feel sorry for me. But but I'm always, always in the cheap seats. In fact, uh, and the reason it's on my mind is because just recently I have booked theatre. I don't even know if I've told you this, case. I might not have told you. We're going to go and see Frozen. Maybe I've not told you. Anyway, I've booked it for the summer there you go I've just told you um so you know I'm just a big kid so we're going to see Frozen the Musical but even as I booked the seats it said restricted viewing (laughs) and I'm like yep that's me again in the cheap seats so sorry Kez like we're in the cheap seats again and uh yeah cheap seats because hey you know it costs a lot of money to be there. there there was one occasion can't remember what we saw and, and definitely the, the, the girls were with me and they spend their life embarrassed about me um because there was when you know in, in the in the break in, you're laughing as if you go yeah we know why we know why um in the what do you call it the interval thank you thank you uh, in the interval i i was one of those people that kind of look around to see if there's any spare seats and if there's a spare seat well no one's in it <laughs> Is that really bad of me? Is anyone else? Is anyone else somebody that grabs a seat? You know what I mean? So I only did it once. Um, not only my kids, but some of you know Gareth. He can't cope with me. It's too much. So um, if you know his personality, you'll get that. So he's just like, oh. So often I'm on my own moving seats. But anyway, a few weeks ago, we were at our Assemblies of God conference. And I uh, had, a, had a great time. And, uh, and it's, you know, it, you kind of want to get a good seat, and it's not always easy to get a good seat. And on this one particular time, I was like, right, we're going to get a little bit of a better seat, not like right up where you were often sitting, right, right, not up high, but we're going to get a little bit closer. Got a little bit closer, so, so not on the tiered seating, but you know, on the, on the floor. But as we sat there in this block, I, I don't want to be rude, but all I'm going to say is there was a big head in front of me, you know, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to be too rude. Like, you know, it really wasn't a big head, but the bottom line is I still couldn't see very well. Just couldn't see. So, so you know how it is? I wonder, it might be happening for you this morning. You're kind of doing this. You know, you're kind of doing that all the time and moving and, and, and the problem with a Pentecostal conference is that no speaker stands still. You know, they're always moving. And so because they're always moving, one minute you've got them, but then the next minute you haven't got them, and so you're kind of like darting all over the place. And so here I am sitting on on this particular row, a bit closer to the front, but still not particularly amazingly close, and, and I just couldn't see. So I did the simple thing of looking along the row, seeing that there was an empty seat at the end. I picked up my bag, and I just simply moved seats. And I've got a title this morning, and it's this, Move Seats for a Better View. So when I read these verses in the book of Acts... The thing that strikes me about these guys, we're coming to the end. Today's Pentecost Sunday, and we have just journeyed from Easter Sunday, 40 days of amazing experience, 40 days. I don't have time this morning to unveil it all to you to describe it all, but but the moment that Jesus is resurrected, wow, those women at the tomb, they had the best seats right, best seats for the best view. They weren't missing out on that Sunday morning. Have you read the account recently of Peter and John? Having a little race to get to the tomb. I mean, it's quite hilarious. Boys and their races, you know. There they are. You know, the the women have gone back and said, Jesus is alive. And and so what do they do? They dart out the house. Good on them. And then they have a little race. And it's hilarious when you read John's account of it because he talks about, I'm the one Jesus loves the most, you know. And it's quite hilarious, really. I outrun him. He got there first. And I outrun him. He looked in for, you know, boys. But here's the point they got the best seats, they got the best seats with the best view. Hmm. 40 days where Jesus is appearing to them the best seats the ascension I've just read it to you here in Acts you read it as well in Luke 24 here they were on this day best seats with the best view wow what a story they've had to tell wow we saw him ascend we worshipped he shared his heart with us We had intimate conversation and we saw him go. And then there were angelic beings. Talk about best seats for the best view. They weren't stuck behind a head that day. There was nobody that, that was kind of in the way of their view. There was no blockage that day. They had the best seats for the best view. And here they are now, a few days later in Jerusalem. Doing the very thing that Jesus told them to do. I want you to go and I want you to wait in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Guys, make sure you're there for the best seats for the best view. Because I tell you, if you're not in that room, you'll miss out. You need to be together in one place. You need to be doing what I'm saying. I want you to hear my heart. I want you to be worshippers. I want you to be worshippers who hear my heart. I want you to be people that hear my heart and do what I say. And when you're gathered together, I will do something phenomenal among you if you will dare to move seats for the best view. So on Pentecost Sunday today, I want to tell you, those guys had the best seats for the best view. Wow, what a moment. The suddenly of heaven. I don't know about you, I've, I've had a few suddenlies. I'd like a few more. Anyone? <laughs> I've had a few, but oh boy. I could, you know, I'd like a few more. In fact, I'd like a lot more. So my question this morning is, why these guys? How, how did they get the best seats? I don't know about you, but, but back to my theatre, I get a bit jealous of the people on the front row. <laughs> But it's quite simple, they just paid more. If I wanted the front row, I could get the front row. I mean, you know, Harbour Church, if you're listening, you know, a little bit more I money, mean, I'm joking. I'm actually joking, it's about priorities, right? So if I wanted to sit at the front row to watch Frozen, sorry, if, if it really, if it really mattered that I spent 60 quid per ticket, I, I'd get it, right? Does anyone understand what I'm trying to say here? Okay. Jesus talked about the cost of following him, right? <laughs> what I'm going to tell you is some of us are going, well, it's just not fair, it's just not fair. Why don't I ever get the front row? Well, have you ever thought about moving seats? Have you ever thought about just doing something? Too many of us are stuck behind a head and we're going, I can't see, I can't see. And I'm going to be really honest with you because I might not get invited back, but maybe some of us are even a bit grumpy about it. A bit bitter. Oh, I've sat in this seat for so many years and I can't see anything. Just maybe pick up your bag and move seats. Maybe just, do you know that day at the conference, I didn't have to move far. I think I moved four seats. And some of us have sat behind a head for so long, moaning and groaning that we can't see. It's not fair, I don't have a great view. And Jesus would say, if you would just move, just even one seat. If you just do something, if you just dare to move a seat, you might just see a little bit clearer. Oh, but I've sat here for 50 years. Well, just try and move one seat. Because you might just see a little bit clearer, and just seeing a little bit clearer might just be the very thing you need to change so much. It doesn't have to be that you move from there to there, there to there. Sometimes we we go, oh, but I can't move all the way down there. No, you can't move all the way down there, but you, you could move just one seat could just do something, just do something. Why did these guys get the best seats for the best view? Because three years earlier, three years prior to these events that I've just read, these guys made a choice to move seats for a better view. When they were walking along the beach, when they're fishing, Jesus comes along and says, hey, will you follow me? And what do they say? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll move seats for a better view. Matthew's sitting, collecting all of his money, give me, give me, give me, a little tax collector, Jesus comes along and and says, Will you follow me? Will you follow me? And he he leaves it all. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll move seat for a better view, Jesus. I'll do it. What was the better view? It was him. I'll do it. Oh, I was thinking in the week about that boy with his pat lunch. I mean, there was no chairs, was there? (laughs) I don't know, maybe he had a picnic rug. Do you think they're picnic rugs? No, probably not. I don't know. Sitting on the grass. But I tell you what he did is he's sitting there and there's 5,000 plus, 10, 15, it doesn't really matter. But there's so many people that need feeding. And, and, and somehow this boy gets the message, has anyone got any food? And he thinks, I've got my lunch. And, and what does he do? He dares to, to just get off the grass. He dares just to move along to Andrew and say, well, this do? What was he doing? He was moving seats for a better view. Flip, he got a good view that day, didn't he? He saw his lunch feed thousands. And and, and and you know what? I reckon there were other people sitting there going, well, it's not fair. Jesus didn't do anything with my lunch. Well, did you move to even give him your lunch? And so many of us are sitting, going, "Well, I didn't get that view. I didn't get that. I didn't get a selfie with Jesus that day." Well, did you move your seat? And this little boy dared to move his seat. He said, "I'm going to get off the grass, and I'm going to dare to do something." Would you think he was nervous? Oh, well, I think he was. Don't kid yourself that all these superheroes—they're all super brave. No, they're not. They're terrified. A the lot of them. Why? Why is the biggest message every angel says, "Don't be afraid," because they're afraid? They're terrified, have you ever thought, seriously? And we go, oh, I'll do it when I'm not afraid. You'll never do it then. I do everything afraid. I'm preaching to you now afraid. My heart racing like mad all the time. Said to Kezia, pray for me. I I do everything afraid. People say to me, no you don't, you look so confident. I tell you, it's only God. But I made a decision when I was about 16 years old. Gonna move seats for a better view can either sit behind this head going, I can't do it, 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 it," or I'm just going to say, I'm just going to dare to move one seat. And you know when you move one seat, you go, oh, that wasn't so bad, I'll move another seat now. Oh, do you know what, yeah, I can do this, I'm going to move another seat. Do you know what, before you know it, you're down on the front row, and wow, what a view you've got. What a view those guys had, what a view those guys had. I've come here today, Burgess Hill, Centre Church, and say to you, as a collective church, maybe you're just in a season where God's just going, I just want you to move seat. And it's a little bit uncomfortable because you've sat in this seat for a long time. But just maybe, just maybe, if you'll dare to move seat, if you'll dare to do it, you'll see a view that you've never seen before. And wow, wow, wow. See, three years earlier, these guys had refused to get stuck where they were. They'd refused to stay in their same position. Oh, there's so many stories I could tell you. You know, the story that we read in the Gospels about the woman that was so sick, she, she'd been bleeding for so many years she was so so sick and, and I love it it just says she just thought to herself all your thoughts are powerful she just thought to herself I can just get to Jesus I can just move a seat I've sat in this seat for so many years I can just move a seat I read recently I'm really going off all my notes now but so forgive me, I'm not giving you references. But you know that story where the... Um, this is what I'm like. I get a thought and then it goes out of my head straight away. Um, the, the lepers were sitting and um, the, the, the army, I can't remember who it was, the Aramean army had come in and taken siege of Israel, of Samaria. That was it, of Samaria. You know, and these lepers go, we could go in and get some food. If we die, we die. We're going to die anyway. I think it's in the book of Kings somewhere. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Sometimes we've got to get to a point of just going, do you know what? I've sat in this seat for so long. I've just got to move because, because actually, if I sit here, I'm going to die. But actually, if I move, I might live something might just happen. And I want to tell you on this Pentecost Sunday, something will happen because my God is a God of breakthrough. My God does not tease us. My God says, if you will move, I will be there. I will fill you with my spirit on this Pentecost Sunday. I'm desperate. Oh God, fill us afresh, fill us afresh. And often we, you know, it may happen in a moment like this, but it equally can happen as you go home this afternoon, as you sit quietly, as you're out walking. I don't know, oh, my, my m- most precious moments are out walking by the sea. We live by the sea, and I walk every day by the sea. That's my time with God, precious moments. Oh, Father, fill me today with your spirit. I want to know you afresh. encounters with him. This woman who had been bleeding and she was so sick, if I can just get to Jesus. And Jesus says, whoa, power's just left my body. Why? Because she moved seats. She just moved seats. So many stories I could tell you. Can I just give you one about somebody that was moaning and complaining? Uh, you know, Martha, Mary. And, 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 and I, again, I could preach a whole sermon on this. Martha gets a bad rap. It's a shame, really, because a few chapters on, she comes out with the faith and Mary doesn't, you know, when it's when Lazarus is dead. So, so don't, don't typecast her. <laughs> don't do that with each other, by the way. We do that too often. Somebody has a rough time and then we label them forever. Stop it. Don't do it, all Right? We all have tough times. Don't, just don't, don't pause and, and label somebody and don't label yourself either. Okay. But in this particular story, I think it's Luke chapter 8 around there, um, Jesus is, is invited for dinner with Mary and Martha. Come on, you know the story well. And Mary's moved a seat to be with Jesus. Front row, best seats for the best view. She had it that day. And Martha, oh, I relate to her. She's anxious. I get quite anxious. (laughs) If you came round to my house for dinner, I'd be a bit anxious. (laughs) Some of you have a real gift of hospitality. I I find it quite hard, you know. And so I think Martha's just stressing in the kitchen. But the sad thing is, is that while while she's stressing, she's having a big moan up. Oh, it's too familiar, isn't it? All I've got is this head in front of me. And she goes to Jesus, it's not fair, it's not fair. My sister's just sitting there. She's got the best seats, the best seats for the best view, and I'm out the back. And Jesus says, all you've got to do, Martha, is move seats. Martha, there's a seat for you as well. You just, you just didn't come and take your place. Would you just come and take your place, take your place? I'm going to cut some stuff out of what I'm saying this morning, but I want to just really, this is what I want to hone in on today. What is the best view? Best seats for the best view. Or oh, this could be a, a series of preaching. What is the best view? There's so many views, but I want to tell you this, Centre Church. There is only one view. Come on, what's his name? I'm not saying that because that's what every preacher should say. <laughs> you know, the Sunday school question, what's the answer? It's always Jesus. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up in church, and I, so we all know the right answers, yeah. I'm telling you, as true as I stand here, the older I get, the more I love him. I learned to love him as a child. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for what I now call the holy habits that were installed into me because they've kept me strong they've kept me anchored can I go off piste a little bit again I'm gonna ignore that clock it's gone red I'm in the red now am I right promise me okay jump up when you've had enough um, oh yeah Lord help me to be wise what I say we're in danger my generation is in big danger we, we, some of us grew up so legalistic I'm one of them right and, and so we're in danger the pendulum swings right we're in danger of going oh I don't need any of that anymore I love Jesus and Jesus loves me and that's all good enough well yeah it's true but, but I want to tell you the older I get in the more I'm understanding if I'm not anchored in this and for me to be anchored in this, I need some holy habits, right? Don't, don't wait for some wonderful, glorious moment for you to start your holy habits. <laughs> I made a choice many years ago that whatever happened, whatever came my way, I was going to be a worshiper of Jesus. And in 2015, when, when that was my toughest year, just a load of stuff happened, just one on top of the other, and... And, um, and on my worst day, it was in June. Some of you may have heard me say this before. I drove my car up to some hills near where we live. And I said to God, I'll always love you. Do you know? Because I'd set it in my heart. I'm yours, Jesus. I said, I'll always worship you. Why? Because I'd set it in my heart. But then I said this, and some of you might go, whoa. I said this, but don't ever ask me to trust you for anything ever again. Because you see, I was in a season of brokenness. I reckon most of us in this room can relate to that. Do you know what, in that moment, God's presence filled my car, and I almost heard all of heaven sigh with relief. At long last, she's being honest. At long last, she's being real. And I, I felt the whisper of heaven. Oh, Sarah but it's your trust in me that puts a smile on my face, to which I whispered back, then you better help me. And he did. It took a while, but he did. And I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're in a situation where you feel like I've just described. Can I tell you this? Don't stop worshiping him. Don't stop loving him, because you just need to do that, because the trust part, that, that, that will come. The healing will come, it will come, but I'm telling you now we need these holy habits, these decisions where we say, I will always be a worshipper of Jesus, because the best view in town is him, him and him alone, and I love him more now than I've ever loved him. I worship him daily, daily, loved as we've gathered together today to worship him. There is only one view that is worth seeing, and his name is Jesus, just him. Some of you will know this. In fact, it was told, I think, at a recent conference. This isn't my story. I'm I'm stealing it. But but C.S. Lewis struggled with the fact that the the commandments say, Worship the Lord your God and only him. That's the commandment. God gets all the worship, and C.S. Lewis tells his story of struggling over that. Well, has God just got a massive ego? Have you ever thought that? <laughs> maybe you have, you know, maybe your journey to faith, that was an issue for you. What is it about this God that he's just going, worship me, worship me, worship me? Like, is he just, like, obsessed with himself? Massive ego? Can I tell you why the commandment is, worship the Lord, your God only, put him first, have nothing before him. It's not because God has a massive ego, it's because you do. And it's because I do. And my ego destroys me. We live in a self-obsessed world. And I I don't know the last time you looked around, but it's not going great. (laughs) A self-obsessed world. There is only one who is worthy of our worship. And when we worship Jesus, everything falls into place. Is it really that simple? Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's my experience when I move into that place, when I move seats to get a view of Jesus, when I worship Jesus, perspective, I get perspective, I get peace, I get joy. Things just fall into place because my view is him and not myself. The minute that my view is myself, I'm all messed up. But when I move to worship him, oh, the freedom and the joy that that brings. We need to move seats for a better view, and the view is Jesus. It always has been and it always will be. You can come up now. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Only five minutes in the red. Holy habits. Decide in your heart who you'll be. Decide in your heart what you'll do. These guys, you know, in, in Luke's account of the ascension, he, he says in Luke 24, that just before Jesus ascended, it says they worshipped. They worshipped. They I was at big church day out. I've been there the last two days with Kezia, that's why she's here with me. I'm a little bit too old for all this jumping and late nights and you know, a little Whoa, there we go. <laughs> that's all right, don't worry. And um, it, it's been it's been absolutely great, fantastic, fan- just to be with thousands of other Christians and just just fantastic, what an experience. And I want to be careful how I say this now, but I, I, this is honestly in my heart. As I woke up early this morning, we stayed over nine, I just woke up early this morning just reflecting on today and this whole thing about the best view is him. Do you know it, what struck me yesterday is that we can become so starstruck. We all want a selfie with the worship leader and we don't want a selfie with Jesus himself. I, I wonder, oh, I, I saw him, I saw him, you know, oh. Oh, I got. did you see them? Oh, they just walked past me, and we all get a bit... <gasps> <laughs> I saw Matt Redmond. I saw Matt Redmond, I think he looked at me. <gasps> you know, I, just, I just pluck his name out, you know, whatever. But. Please understand what I'm saying in that. I suppose what I'm trying to say is this. There is only one who is worth moving your seat for. And some of us are moving our seats for humans. Some of us are moving our seats for ourselves. Some of us are moving our seats so that somebody will spot us. Or oh, if I sit there, they'll notice me. I mean, come on, isn't that just humanity all over? You can start leading us, that's fine, Tom. You can start. Oh, I'm just, just going to move seats because I don't think they, they can spot me there. But if I'm there, if I'm there, John might just see me. You know? And we're so busy moving seats for the approval of others. We're so busy moving seats so we get a better view. You know, a big church They with the eager beavers, they'd, they'd sort of camped out front row. They wanted, they wanted the best if you've ever been before, you know. Oh, I want to be right there, they, they you know, got their, what do you call it, mount whatever, you know, they're there. Hours before, we've got six in the morning, so oh, I want to be there. I mean, in a way, it's kind of lovely, it's great, I'm not, you know, don't, don't think I'm being all super critical of it, and I'm not, there's something beautiful about that as well, I'm not, I'm really not being all super critical of it. I thank God for these guys, I thank God for these events, I really do. As a church leader, I'm so grateful for these resources, they are fantastic, oh God, let your kingdom come. Let's gather together with thousands. So please don't think I'm being one of these critical, moany people about the big. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, God. God, 3,000 were saved on Pentecost Sunday. Come on. Come on. So so don't, don't think Sarah's being all negative about that. I'm not. But what I'm just trying to say to you in this message is this. Some of us are so obsessed with moving seats for a human view. And there is only one who is worthy of our gaze. And his name is Jesus. There is only one. And I found myself this morning in the quietness of the hotel room that like I was staying in, just, just talking to Jesus. And I just said this to him, I said, Jesus, oh, forgive me for getting emotional, but I just said to him, Jesus, I thank you that you and I have locked eyes. <laughs> because, do you know, even yesterday I could feel my flesh rising up. You know, I was, I was with some some friends of ours and 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 at one point, you know, a pretty big wig walked past and, and they got a conversation. I could feel my flesh rising up. That's not fair. That's not fair. Oh, didn't you? This morning, Jesus just said, Sarah, there's only, one, there's only one who needs to clock eyes with you, and it's me. And I don't know where you're at this morning, but I want to tell you if you, you've got his eye, his eye is on you always. But my question to you is, is your eye on him? And I want to live every day with my eye on him. You know, when you walk in a room and especially if if you're loved up, you look out for your loved one and you glance eyes. That's what I loved about singing that song, The Greatest of All Romance. Because I want to tell you that you walk in the room and He spots you. He spots you. He spotted you before you even walked in. He's waiting for you. Is He coming? Is she coming? He's so eager. He's got the best seat for you because you're the best view for Him. You're his best view, my friend. I am. You go, really? I don't even like looking at myself in the mirror. No, but he adores you. Every morning he looks at you and he pours his grace and his mercy on you fresh every day. You're mine. He says, you're mine. You're mine. I delight in you. I sing over you. I woo you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You're his best view. And I wonder if today something in our hearts on this Pentecost Sunday could just be moved to say, Jesus, you're my best view. I wonder if today on this Pentecost Sunday, we need to say, God, I'm sorry, I've sat behind this head and I can't see clearly and I I just want to move. God, would you give me the courage to move? And you probably just need to say right now, Holy Spirit, can you show me what I need to do? And he might just show you one little thing, one little thing. Would you dare to do that? Would you dare to be obedient? Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at infocenterchurch.uk or check out our website at www.center-church.uk.